creators speak a language and there's a language barrier between the creator and the clients, especially when the client isn't a creator, when the creator is adding these these LUTs and these uh, camera angles and removing the noise, the client just hears map denoise video act, map save avec DaVinci Resolve, DaVinci Resolve up edit moi pour cafe video app bon. Client doesn't understand that. How's it going, y'all? Welcome back to the Guild Podcast. This podcast is about me, Gil, and the things that I'm currently obsessed with. On today's episode, I want to go over uh, AI and I don't really understand why everybody's so upset about it and why a lot of people are equating it to a phase, why people are kind of saying that it is something like NFT or POG, remember POG back in the day? You know, the th- the funny thing is why it's funny is that um, AI has always been here. So it's just now that it has I would say that it has a name now, but it's kind of in the forefront of everybody's mind and conversation. AI this, AI that, but it's has always been here. I, I remember um, video games, like video games, you'll always face against the CPU or the computer. Well, that's that's AI. It's it's going to it has a few things that it's programmed to do in other situations, but it's technically on its own and knows how to pick up a pick up, you know, weapons in the game or do something or interact with the environment. That's AI. I mean, you would even say the traffic lights is AI. Like there are a lot of old towns where things are on a timer and there's like a set timer that it turns green and red, whatever. But there are some cities, you know, certain places where on the ground, it's like weird, like somebody has been working on there or something like weird construction stuff. It's really just wires that's connected to uh, the computer on um, on the light. And it knows that, hey, there's a car that's pulling up here. And that car is there in front of the light and is waiting. Oh, there's no other car on the other side of the light or on that side. All right, look, let's let this guy go. Let's let this lady go. Let her do what she has to do and, you know, go about his or her day or whatever. And that's AI. There are like so many other instances like Alexa. I'm sorry if I triggered any of them, but or, you know, Siri and whatnot. They those are AI. You know, it's even even using Amazon when you purchase something or when you're on Instagram and you're like looking for a um like a present for your wife. Like if I'm looking for something for my wife, she, she loves amethyst. She loves the color purple. The purple's like it's everywhere in our houses, all over the jewelries that she wears, some of the clothes it's bedazzled uh, all over the place. So if I'm looking for a amethyst ring, I really can't use the, I can't use the internet to search for that. So I'd use, you know, like a VPN or DuckDuckGo if I'm looking for a specific, amethyst gift for my wife because in the past she would know if i'm buying something for her because she would go on her instagram or her amazon um app and it'll be like uh amethyst bracelet that says gil loves you are you looking for a bracelet for me i'm like no but you know the ai is trying to suggest well it's the cookies they're using the cookies they're using your search history that's all ai it's like hey this guy's been looking for this thing for the past couple of days let me see if i could like send him the stuff and it'll 
for some reason, she kind of gets alerted, not alerted, but the cookies. I don't know. I don't know if it's connected to the Wi-Fi. Hopefully somebody could explain this. But why when I'm looking for something on my Instagram or my Amazon, I think maybe because my wife we share the same Amazon, but even on Facebook, like she'll see stuff that I'm looking up. Like, you know, when the new camera comes out, she'll see, I guess there's a new camera because all I see is Sony a seven C two or whatever the case is. She'll see it on her, um, on a side of her social medias and whatnot. But that's the back to the point. AI has always been here. It has always been here. And I remember I was in a group chat, probably said this before, but I was in a group chat with a ton of different creators and it was great. It was super dope. And um, chat GPT, I think was just probably like last year. So chat GPT was just coming out. It's kind of not really known in the tech world, but I was in this group chat and I suggested, Hey, check out this thing. And I was pretty much mocked. I was pretty much Actually, I wasn't mocked. I was ignored. I was ignored. And I was like, hey, this thing's really dope. And from what I understand, like most people in the group chat were like, I don't need no computer to make stuff for me. You know, I'm I don't like it. Just just the, the vibe that I was getting. I was like, wow, nobody cares about this. This is weird. Because like, here you go again, Gil, like uh giving us stuff that we don't understand. I'm like, but this is like really easy. I was doing a consultation with this guy. He, uh, he owns a landscaping business and he was having trouble. You know, he's, he speaks Spanish and Spanish is his first language. English is, is his second. And, you know, he's a little bit older. So he's like, he wants to find ways of being more vocal online, but his English is not the best. I was like, well, you can probably start writing, writing some really good captions, some posts, inspirational posts, or just something in a description. And I was like, yo, you should use chat GPT to do all that. He's like, what is that? Oh, I said, it's, it's AI. He's like, oh, no, nah, I, I don't, I don't need that. They're going to charge you. They're going to take your credit card. They're going to scam you. He's like, no, no, no. Like you, you ask chat GPT to you know, transcribe this, like you have landscaping here, you can have it in Portuguese, you can have it in Spanish, you can have it in Latin, you can have it in English and French, and you can advertise in these different communities and, you know, promote your business in that way. He's like, oh, wow. So he got it. He logged into his Google account, logged in, signed on through there. And I was like, yeah, you could ask it all these crazy stuff. So he was asking, he's like, oh my gosh, I need to find all the, uh, the presidents from Nicaragua. I was like, Oh, sure. Whatever. And it did it. And I was like, well, here's a cool thing. Ask, ask it to make it in a table format. He's like, I don't know how I was like, no, no, ask it. Just ask it just like that. And it did it. And he, he was like, wow, this is insane. And, um, towards the end of the consultation, I was really excited kind of see how, uh, I'm, he's going to be able to take his business to the next level. And he's like, yo, can I ask it to make poems for my wife? Mind you, you know, it was about an hour now. It's about like maybe like 45 minutes closing out. And um, he's like, yeah, yeah, I really think I can make this make poems for my wife. I'm like, sure. You know, knock yourself out. Do it. He was over the moon when uh, GPT created uh, 
a series of poems, love poems. And he's like, he was like, oh my God, this is insane. I was like, yo, this, that's not going to make you any type of money. He's like, I don't care. Like I'll, I'm going to create poems for my wife. And I was like, all right, well, I guess in a sense, uh, GPT kind of worked for him, but not in the way that I thought or not in the way that he thought he, he's going to make a, a, a series of poems. And I was like, you know what, let me just help you out here. I was like, ask it to create a poem for the whole year, for every day of the year. And you'll be able to text those to your wife. And even further, I was like, well, ask ChatGPT to create a, uh, a Android app that will send your wife a text. I don't know. And just was saying some stuff. He's like, well, that's too much, Poppy. I'm like, yeah, but I'm just letting you know that that's the extent of what you can do with this service. And that's another thing, too, that a lot of people don't really understand about GPT and AI is that there's a whole fleet of things that you can actually do with it. And a lot of people kind of just do the bare minimum. Like they, they stay right at the bottom. They don't really think more than they should. Like even the prompts. I remember I was, I was in a group chat with some other creators and they were asking it really simple prompts, like create a marketing agency, uh, create a marketing email for blah, blah, blah. Hey, do this. And Hey, make a PP, uh, PHP website for this. And I was like, yo, those are like really simple prompts. And they're very like broad. I was like, you know, you can like go really, really deep. He's like, Oh, what do you mean? I was like, well, for example, let's just say, hey, create a uh, a podcast description for a podcast and about cameras, but in a hip tone or in a uh, in a manner that suggests that you are an amateur photographer in a jokingly manner. Can you write a prompt in the tonality of Will Ferrell from The Anchorman? Like you can, you can do that. If I use chat GPT, I'll always use it for, all right, give me six examples in history where this happened and create a table and organize it by the year. And I'll be able to just look at it and absorb the knowledge, absorb the information and then go, go on about my day. It's really great. And you know, ChatGPT isn't the only uh, AI uh, software program, whatever you want to call it, that I've been using recently. I've been using Auphonic a lot. Like it saves me so much time. That's like one AI that I found through another. Oh, I find a lot of these programs through other creators. But Mark Ronick, he is a uh, a podcaster. Me and him, we actually went to a content creator retreat a couple of years ago. We were just out <laughs> in uh, Zion National Park, just vlogging and taking pictures and hanging out and learning from each other. And it was great. Uh, Travis, uh, Travis Brown of Poddex kind of organized the whole thing. And um, I kept in touch with Mark and he was like, yo, you edit podcasts all the time. Check out this company. I was like, eh, I went on the website. I think the website is like some English, uh, British, I don't even know, website. And I was like, I got to pay in pounds. This sounds a little sketchy. And 
I don't know what it was. I just was like, well, Mark uses it. What the hell? Let's give let's give it a shot. So I threw in 11 bucks in there and it worked. It, it did. It worked pretty well. Like it didn't do anything at first that I couldn't do myself. I was like, well, this is going to save me a few minutes. Sure. Then it got better. And I was like, OK, cool. And then I think earlier this year, they added the feature of uh, it's like an AI feature, Whisper um, dot AI, where it can transcribe. So it'll be able to take the podcast audio and transcribe it in multiple languages. And I was like, oh, OK, this is really cool. The, the cool thing about that was um, at this time, I think Mr. Beast just did his podcast. Did he? I think maybe it was a couple months after Mr. Beast did a podcast with Joe Rogan. And on that podcast, Mr. Beast was talking about how he uh, gets voice actors, you know, from different countries to uh, voice act um, on his video, like to overdub it in different languages. So if you're in a Spanish speaking country, you can consume uh, Mr. Beast in a uh, different in that language, that native language of yours. And I thought that was pretty dope. And I even think YouTube is now implementing that um, on their native app where you can overdub the like change the audio to another language. So I was using whisper.ai to uh, have my podcast transcribed in English or have it transcribed in different language. I just tried English. Just just keep it simple. I thought that was really dope. I was like, wow, this is really cool because some people are in, in instances where they don't they don't want to um or they can't listen to the audio because they're, you know, either at school or whatever the case is, or some people like my wife consumes content with the subtitles. Because a lot of people have different uh way of saying words, you know, they might be Southern, Northern, or uh, might be from a different country. So they might enunciate words a little bit differently. It's a dope uh, cheat code to consume content and read it. Like you're doing two things at once and then you end up like absorbing the knowledge a little bit more because you're listening and reading at the same time. It's, it's, it's pretty dope. So I use uh, Alphonic's trans- transcribe feature and I thought it was really dope and is very accurate. Like I had no hiccups or issues. And then I find it changed. If they changed in a good way, they they uh, at, they updated their user interface. It kind of gave it this um, anchor, anchor.fm vibe. I was like, okay, purple. That's pretty cool. Like it's a, it's a nice little vibe. The user interface, as far as like inputting the videos, I mean, inputting the, uh, the audio file is relatively the same. I don't think they changed that at all. They probably should because the homepage looks really up to date and the user input page looks out of date. But to be honest, I love it. I would, I know how to navigate that page. It's, it's really nice. Everything is like right there. And you're asking like, well, Gil, why don't you just use like a program to edit the audio yourself? Like, why are you using AI? You're, you're not a creator. You're cheating. That's not fair. Like you're not invested in this community. Um, I totally understand what you're saying, but I don't think anybody has that right to tell somebody that they're doing something right or wrong. So 
and I, I battled with that for a while. I, cause I use, I used, um, Alfani, then I felt really guilty. I was like, Oh no, this is bad. I have to listen to my audio. I have to edit my client's audio. I have to make sure it's pristine. And I was like, well, what does that serve? All my client wants. Like, I remember one day I was editing a podcast and then I was editing the audio for a client and I was like, Oh, let me, let me just test this out and see how they feel about this audio. And I was like, Oh wow, this sounds great. I'm like, I didn't really do any, much of anything. I mean, of course, I wanted to make sure I uh, have the audio at a really, really good level. So I said, hey, I'm going to re re-edit it again. That way we can get like a cleaner, um, you know, audio file. And they're like, OK, cool. I didn't see anything wrong with the first one. I was like, all right, that's interesting. So that's how that I use Alphonic for that. And another AI app that I use is actually, what's it called? Descript. So I forgot who was telling me. I was listening to the couples table, um, Heather and Tom, um, the couples table podcast. And Heather was talking about how she was talking about Descript. I think, yeah, she was talking about Descript. And I forgot in what way does she was talk, how she used it. I forgot what it was. And I was like, what is that? So as I was watching their live stream, I went on Google and I descript and the app came up and I was like, oh, that's expensive. And then I saw another video with Doc Rock. I think it was, uh, I think it was Doc Rock and Doc Rock is a, a creator. He's, he's phenomenal. He's like, he's like the big brother that, <laughs> that I wish I had. Um, but he's a, he's an amazing guy. And he was talking about Descript and I was like, Whoa, this is insane. I think he was on a, he was on Jared Spinks podcast and I was like, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, Heather did mention it. And I still didn't get it. Doc Rock mentioned it. And I was like, I, all right, I might consider it. And I just, I didn't get it. I still didn't get it. And it wasn't until I was watching, um, I was on TikTok and I saw a Descript ad. Was it a Descript? I don't remember where it was. It was somewhere. I saw it on Instagram or, you know how they do, because you Google it and the cookies and AI knows that you're, um, you know, watching or interested in that service. So I saw it somewhere and I was like, gosh, let me just try it. And I tried it and it was great. The way I use Descript is actually, um, um, you know, when my clients are doing a podcast and they're like, um, so guys, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Um, if you like the podcast and the content, please, um, share the content Descript. You'll be able to remove all the ums. Uh, if your client says a word that they shouldn't say, you know, a curse word, uh, something a little bit raunchy, you know, you can remove it. You can even like replace it with a beep, if I'm not mistaken. That's probably another app. Um, um, <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't use Descript at the moment because right now I haven't really been producing podcasts for clients. So I think I did a year subscription and it just, I think it was up or was it a month? I don't remember, but I'm not using it currently right now. But I am using like 
several other apps that kind of do what Descript does. Uh, there is this app called Munch that just came out and I'm editing some client stuff and it's pretty dope. Like the one AI app that I want to use in Raphael Ludwig, I'm shouting out a lot of creators here. So write these stuff down. Like these are creators that I really look up to that I like, I learn a lot from, but Raphael just did a video. Uh, I think it was like five top five AI apps. And one of the apps is something that I really want for just certain features. It's called uh, Keeper. And what it does is that is it'll be able to remove me from the back or remove me from this background. And I can add any background that I want to or no background at all. And I thought that was really cool. And that's all just all AI. And, And the thing is, I want people to understand AI is not this new robotic system processing. It's something that it, simply put, you're not doing something. You're, you're not physically doing the thing anymore. You're letting some other thing do it for you. Like your alarm clock is AI. Like it doesn't make any sense. Why are we having this argument? Like I argue with, with people all the time. At work, at home, with clients and family, or oh, you're using the AI crap, huh? We're all using AI. We've always have used AI. Like I completely understand that um, why somebody would have their reservations um, for not using AI because they don't understand it. That's how. That's how. No, that's how life is. Like we, when you don't understand something, you're more fearful of it. You're like, okay, well, I don't like that. I don't like girls. You know, back in the day when kids, when little boys were in elementary school, you know, maybe middle school, some high school, I don't like girls. Girls are yucky or I don't like guys. Guys have cooties. You know, eventually uh, you turn, turn together, uh, well, you turn a new leaf. I don't even understand that term. Like you turn a new leaf or you just grow up and you start to like what you like. And that's the same, not that you like, we like, but you just realize that you were wrong. I've, yes, what it is. You just start to learn more, become more mature and more understanding. But yeah, those are like the, the stuff that I use, uh, Alphonic. I use Alphonic all the time. I'm going to use Alphonic, um, actually right after this, like my whole process for video editing or podcast editing is I, Finished recording, upload it to or import it to Fauna Cut, descract, <laughs> extract the audio, and send it off to Alphonic. Um, like unedited with all the ums and all the other things. Like I just send it with all the spacing and everything. Send it to Alphonic. Alphonic edits, edits it out a little bit. Then I might send it to uh, Audacity you know, crank some stuff a little bit, then send it to Alphonic again, do some little adjustments and then send it back to Final Cut, sync the audio and then play around with the uh, the video, deleting the spaces, the gaps, the errors and all that other stuff. And then I edit the colors. Um, I'll edit, you know, the colors a little bit. too. That's the thing too. Like I used to not edit the audio first. I used to just edit the video, then I edit the audio, then I end up getting all mixed up and to me, this works really, really well. And 
I use a lot of AI tools for that. I recently used um, Adobe's podcast app. Oh, their podcast AI. It's not even an app. You can't even say apps anymore. Soon, it's not going to even be an app anymore because the uh, podcast feature of Adobe is just a website link and you just upload your audio and you can, you know, I don't, you can't make adjustments. It just cleans it up for you. Uh, I seen a video, I think it was a Donna, Donna did it, whatever. He made a whole video. It could be him, could be somebody else where there was somebody mowing the lawn. Oh no, he had a lawnmower audio on his computer. So it sounded like somebody was mowing the lawn and it removed his audio completely. Like it, I mean, removed the, the lawn mowing sound completely and it isolated his voice. And I think on that video, he probably had Becky and Chris or Becky uh, doing that. And it just was showing you how powerful that AI tool. It wasn't Adobe's app. I think it was DaVinci DaVinci Resolve. It was DaVinci Resolve's uh, voice isolation feature, which is another thing. Uh, I remember using DaVinci Resolve for one of their denoising features. I did a wedding. I was shooting a wedding and I had my Nikon D750 and I cranked the ISO all the way up because it was so dark. And uh, I basically had a noisy footage. It looked great, to be honest. Um, Looking back, it was not that bad, but I was so obsessed of trying to get the perfect, crispy cinematic scene and the, the bride and groom couldn't care less. They did. They, they couldn't care. They, all they wanted was that shaky, uh, unstable footage. And I was trying to make it super stable. I, I had like the denoiser and on there and I was like making it like had the intro music and slow-mo. The clients couldn't care. Couldn't care less. Got the video to them and I use uh, DaVinci's, I think I use their uh, stable feature and I use their denoiser to make the video look and sound great. And I exported it to, um, I exported it to Final Cut Pro and then I did some more editing there. But I think AI is really just for us. I mean, of course, there are going to be some brands and businesses who are going to want some of those features. Like there's this new AI service called Munch and Munch, you give it up to two, two and a half hours worth of footage and it can clip him up for you and create clips. And within the clips, it'll be able to uh, emphasize or it knows when to cut and edit a clip. It knows what you're saying in a video and then it will uh, add captions to those clips. So you have a, a two and a half hour video with a bunch of uh, clips and the clips will be uh, nine by 16. So it'll be perfect for YouTube shorts, uh, TikTok, um, you know, that format, Instagram stories. So I thought that was pretty dope. Like that would be a job on its own. Like that is a content creator's job. Like I know I, I know some people that are actually getting paid to just create clips um, for uh, YouTube shorts. Like that's their thing. And I'm pretty sure it's not going to go anywhere because that level of communication that a creator has with their editor is key. The editor will go through the clip, find something relatable or something like really, really important that the speaker was focusing on and just highlight that and just emphasize it. They can do a lot of like a bevy of things like they can edit it in a certain way. Um, I actually use uh, Be Creative, uh, some podcast editing clips or just 
video production. And to be honest, just having an editor there makes a huge difference because they're, they're an editor, an editor, Why the, <laughs> they're an editor. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? So it's been a long day and they understand the language. Like I was talking to my friend, uh, Jared, Jared never sleeps. He's a great creator out here in Miami. And he said that creators, now I'm saying creator is weird. Creators speak a language and there's a language barrier between the creator and the clients, especially when the client isn't a creator. When the creator is adding these, these LUTs and these uh, camera angles and removing the noise. The client just hears map de noise video act map save avec DaVinci Resolve. DaVinci Resolve up edit moi pour me video a bon. And then that's what it's like to uh, work with a client, and you just tell the client, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that." Then you have to dumb it down, and you have to be like, "I am going to make the videos really good for TikTok and Instagram." Oh, will will the video be good just for Instagram and TikTok? What about YouTube shorts? And you're like, yes, it'll be good for Instagram and YouTube shorts. Instead of saying, yeah, the video is going to be like a nine, nine sixteenth aspect ratio. So yeah, it works. Client doesn't understand that. And clients would want the videos to be in 4k and make sure the videos in 4k. Okay. You don't, you don't need 4k. I, recently have not been shooting my client works in 4k. I I shot one of my clients videos. I think it was in 720p and he had 17,000 views on his video. I shot another video in 1080p and this video for a client had 50,000 views. Goes to show you that clients or whoever the viewers, they don't care about 4k. Instagram doesn't care about 4k. Instagram just wants the views. Like as long as you're providing value, uh, it looks good. And especially it sounds good. That's what really matters. Um, I can't stress that enough. I know a lot of people would want to say that they want like a 4k video and clients, you know, they, they put that on their, uh, resume, like I, not the resume, but their, um, website. I do 4k video. Like, yeah, I remember I shot a seminar and I just got the, uh, Sony a seven S two just got it. Uh, this is like 2016, maybe just got the Sony a seven S two and I'm filming seminars. Oh my gosh. I'm filming seminars, uh, left and right. And this was like a two, three hours. No, it was probably a little bit more than that. It was like a four hour seminar, like tons of video. And I had my uh, Nikon D3200. I had one here and I had a Nikon D750. So both are shooting 1080p and my Sony A7S2 uh, is shooting in 4K. And that one's dead center on um on the the speaker. You know, it's following him around. I got like a little tripod. And that was in 4K. And the video file was massive. It was huge. Um, the 1080p videos really weren't. Actually, I lied. Um, I for my Nikon D for my Nikon D750, it had really decent video. What I ended up doing was uh, connecting it to a 
Atem, uh, not Atem, uh, Atomos Ninja Flame, seven inch. I have it somewhere and I had an SSD attached to it. So it will allow me to go beyond the uh, 24 minute limit that's on the Nikon D750. That's on most Nikon cameras because they technically aren't video cameras. So it'll take a clean image of whatever the Nikon is showing and record it. And the files were, were really huge, even though they were 1080p, the images were clean, like really clean. I shot two short films with my D750 using that method, and it was really dope. Like I'd probably need to go back to checking that out and comparing it to my A7 IV. Probably A7 IV is going to be cleaner. It has 33 megapixels instead of 24. But image quality could probably be a different whole thing. And um, yeah, so I, I, I would do that. Just shoot in shoot that video. Then my D3200 I'll be on that side would be every 20, 24 minutes or every 22 minutes, I would stop recording that record. So that'll be a lot of video. So then when my client was asking me for the raw footage or just the videos in general, I would just give them this huge 4k video and they were like, Whoa, what am I going to do with this? Like, and back then, um, I was using Final Cut and aligning the audio using Final Cut uh, synchronous, what do you call it? Synchronized feature, which is AI, which is, which is AI. Um, Did they even have that back then? I don't remember. Probably did. Yeah. I was using something and I would synchronize the audio, align them and work with like multiple footages. And I'll do a seminar like every other weekend. It, It was great but the video files were huge and I didn't understand. I was like, but it's taking them forever to download the video. So I was like, well, let me lower the video down to a uh, 720, lower the video down to 720. And it was all over their Instagram for promotions. I was like, oh, wow, this is making them a lot of money because they're able to, uh, you know, get the content out. And Normally, somebody would say, well, just shoot in 720 anyway. But my whole thing is if you're starting high and you're coming low, it's much better. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, there is a bit of compression. Like the video you're getting right here, or the audio you're getting, it's always going to be a little bit less than what it actually is. Right. Because, you know, to, to squeeze through the pipes of the Internet, like it's going to you're going to take some loss at the end of the day. And what I, my whole idea, even now I'll shoot at a high level, but when it comes to, uh, you know, edit, uh, rendering it out and giving it to a client, I'll render it out to like, you know, 720, 1080p, but it started out at a really high level. So the video is still going to look good. But if I started recording a video at 580, you know, or 480, whatever. And then I edit it and then I send it out in 480. It's not going to really look the best because it's going to start crumbling. That's how it makes sense in my head. I've never experimented it. I never like experimented with that. But in my mind's eye, that's how I see it. You start high at 4K. And of course, compression does this thing. And then I 
send the video out as a 1080 or 720p video and my client goes to Instagram and uploads it there and Instagram pipes line takes it because I send the video via Dropbox. They download it and then they put on their phones or whatever the case is. And Instagram does this compression thing. I've yet to figure out Instagram, like getting, getting the highest quality. I can do it for myself, but whenever my clients upload the video and I send it to them, it never, never looks that good. I was like, I have to log into their Instagram and physically do it for them in order to get the highest quality possible. But yeah, I just wanted to, uh, stop in and talk about AI on this podcast episode. Hope y'all enjoyed it. I really have been loving uh, podcasting lately. It's been reigniting, been getting really, really excited. Hope y'all enjoy this podcast. If you want to reach out to me, uh, be sure to hit me up on Twitter at S-H-I-N-G-U-I-L. I'm on Twitter there and yeah, uh, hit me up. Let me know if you want to come on the podcast. Let me know if you have any suggestions, any topics you want me to cover or go over. Everything that I'm going to be that I talked about, I'll leave it in the uh, podcast description uh, down below. So uh, stay tuned for that. And I'll see you all on the next podcast. Peace.